Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the War Room. We got Tez, Q, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up, wanna do all the shows and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level. Full with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates, speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't away. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. <clears throat> yes, sir. Y'all know what it is. What's up? What's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm the Bull Dev Mac. And I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brother. We got B. Austin, the hot block commander in the building. What up, B? What's a guan? Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the, the blueprint. Jimmy, the blueprint will be with us in, in just a short while. But look, man, March Madness is now behind us, and it's time to move on to MLB opening day and the final weekend of the NBA regular season. So sit back, relax, and bust it up again with your guys in the war room, the greatest man cave in the history of this planet. You can get in on the conversation yourself, of course, by signing in right now to the Botherhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports, uh, IG as well. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. So, fam, man, we we definitely got to shout this out real quick, man, because Philly was definitely on fire last week, man. Dawn Staley won her second national championship as coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan won a Grammy for Best R&B Album. The homie Questlove won the Oscar for Best Documentary. And, of course, you know Will Smith won the Oscar for Best Actor right after slapping the shit out of Chris Rock on stage just a few minutes before that. So as the homie Phil Matic of Tissue in the Tape fame, as as he famously says, Philly wins again. Yeah, that was a, that's, that's a great week for for the brethren, sistren of the city of brotherly love, man. What's your thoughts on that? Man, it's funny because we can sit here and talk about all of the negativity that, that uh, surrounds our city and encompasses our city, but every now and again you get a moment to really examine it and salute it and give thanks for the amazing people that that environment can create and has created, man. And you know, we are artistic, soulful, sports-centric city of gods. And uh, every now and again, you, you get to see that. Shout out to 
Shout out to and rest in peace to Kobe Bryant and uh, and Will Chamberlain. And I say that not just because we're a sports themed show, but across the board, whether it's art, sports, science, just life. It's a beautiful place, man. It can't be. Yeah, definitely, definitely is. You know, not a place I'm interested in ever living in again. But <laughs> but I love my city. You know what I'm saying? I, I look from afar all the time and be like, yo. That's, that's a hell of a place. Um, but shout out to everybody and everything going on up there, man. The 76ers had a pretty decent bounce back week because the week before that wasn't too good for them. Uh, the Eagles, Howie Roseman pulled off a nice little trade this week that we're going to talk about in a little while because that might do wonders for our future if we play it correctly. Um, yeah, just, just everything that's going on, man. Philly's gearing up for a run at the National League East. Um. So, hey, up in this piece, man. Philly support Philly. But look, before we get started, we've got to remind you guys, like we do every week, that whether you're with us live or not, at any time on demand, you can still check out archive episodes of our show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that either on our website at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms out there. We're pretty much on all of them. So, you know, wherever you do your podcast listening, just put uh, War Room Sports Podcast Network in the search, and you should be able to listen to the War Room. Um, If you're a hip-hop head, you can listen to Tissue in the Tape, uh, the aforementioned Phil Matic. Like I said, tonight's title of our episode is one of his famous quotes. Um, Man, if you're into Philly sports, speaking of Philly, you've got the Broad Street Line with Roy and Chris, long-running, great show. We got a newer show for Philly sports fans, superstars, Big E, H, Dante, Soup. Shout out to those guys. If you're a foodie, John Appetit would be your twist with the Burtons, man. That's a great show. Um, that's kind of based up in PA as well, but they do a lot of traveling. So they talk about um, a lot of restaurants, a lot of food, a lot of recipes, a lot of stuff that they uh, find on their travels as well. So if you're a foodie, that would be your twist. And if you love movies, uh, series, streaming, all kinds of entertainment, On the Couch with the Wilsons would be your 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 twist. So uh, shout out to everybody on the network, man. Make sure you get to that website or get to your podcast listening platforms and check out the War Room Sports Podcast Network. All right, so before we get into these hot topics, we always got to remind you, at least until they stop paying us to, um, the Hot Topics are brought to you by MyBookie. It is time for you guys to make some money sports betting at MyBookie. If you still haven't checked out MyBookie, look, that baseball season starts today. So it's time to stop wasting time and place a bet. Lay down some bread on all the biggest games in sports by joining the War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at MyBookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get your money. You get it fast. You don't get hassled. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after the game start. Now, that doesn't mean you can wait till like, halftime and see what the flow of the game is and then go, you know, place a bet at that point. A few minutes into the game before, you know, anything crazy, crazy happens to swing a game in either direction, you can get that in. And everybody out there who plays fantasy football, you know the, the importance of that because in fantasy football – Man, once that clock hits 1 o'clock Eastern time, 
or 4 o'clock Eastern time, whatever time the games are and the people that you have in your lineup, that's it. There's no few minutes into the game where you can make lineup changes. So, look, man, this is something y'all need to take advantage of. Um, join now and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, one word, apps to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get your bread. That's all there is to it. Um, of course, uh, we got to give a, a shout-out to um, the NCAA tournament. March Madness is now behind us. Kansas is your champions. Um, I didn't do a bracket this year, and we didn't even start to even try to pick anything until we got down to the final four. So I guess my final four picks are correct, B. You know, I, I picked Kansas to beat Nova, unfortunately. Picked UNC to beat Duke and pick Kansas to, to win it all. So that ended up happening. I guess it's a little easier when you're only picking three games. Um, <laughs> but they defeated North Carolina for the national championship. Now, this was two days after UNC defeated Duke, which in turn ended Coach K's 46-year coaching career, 41 with the Blue Devils, but 46 altogether. There were a little bit of rumors this week, B, saying, you know, he could be a Brady story and Coach K could come back. He kind of put the kibosh on some of that talk, but in my opinion, still left it open-ended a little bit. Um, What's your thoughts? You think Coach K, I mean, 46 years is a long time. Resume is impeccable. His spot is solidified. Do you think there's any chance that we see Coach K gracing the sidelines of Duke again? No, um, not at all. Salute to Coach K. He's one of those dudes, and, and it's funny you bring up Brady, right? Um, and, y'all, you know, you've listened to, to us or you've talked to me, kind of know how I feel about Tom Brady. Like, I hate the ground he walks on, uh, but I respect him as the greatest of all time, and that just is what it is. I mean, you know, we can make some internal arguments. I can argue for some other people. I can tell you who I love, who I like, who I'm indifferent about. But Thomas Edward James Brady, I think that's his second little name. Yeah, he's the greatest, man. Coach K is not the greatest, but he's one of those guys that I hate. He top five better alive. I honor, I honor and respect him. Top five better alive. You can't argue with it. You know, we, we all know, you know, there's a certain profile of Duke players. Kyrie doesn't necessarily fit that mold. But, um, you know, there's a certain profile we don't really bang with. You know, all of that stuff and not necessarily liking the way they play. And, you know, they, they, I could I could nitpick, but that man, get that man his flowers, man. He, he had a tremendous run. Top five, is, as Dev just said, that are alive. No questioning. I respect it. I love the game too much to not give him his flowers and respect, despite the fact that I hate him. And that hate is not a personal hate. That's just a basketball hate, a sports hate yeah. type of thing. Well, his 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 comebacks are all the rumors, you know, because they you know they they likened it to Tom Brady. So he was like, wow, to even be to even be put in the same room, maybe that Tom Brady would be in as an honor. But he still has the talent that can be used at a really high level. I'm done with the coaching part of it. So that the way he left that makes you think that, okay, there could be some capacity in which, uh, you know, Mike 
Shashevsky is still involved in Duke, still involved in college basketball, maybe still oh, involved, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. you know, with the whole Olympic program somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but he left it open-ended, like, you know, maybe you won't see me on the sideline. But he is a basketball lifer, so maybe he's not giving it all up. So maybe in the next few months we'll see what the hell he meant by that, if anything. Maybe we're just reading too much no. into it. But like B said, got to get that dude his flowers, man. Coach K has a 1,170 and 361 record. 1,170 wins to 361 losses in 46 years as a head coach. This includes 1,097 wins and 302 losses at Duke in 41 season. Um, five national championships, 91, 92, 01, 2010, 2015. Six gold medals as the head coach of the U.S. men's national team. So his Hall of Fame career has been solidified he will be in springfield um <laughs> pretty soon that's that's easy i mean in yeah. coaching circles do they gotta wait or is he already in it i don't know I gotta he see. should he should already be in like, it but um, if he's I'm not, not sure you know easy easy money i'm not right I'm, not, I'm not complete I, I think he might have to wait a little bit but they're already dusting this spot off and probably building another wing for for him him and I mean, like Red Auerbach and and them type of guys, they should they should get their own wing. But um, no, man, like think of, think about it this way: it's like as great as he was, and he we was great. He is great. Have you ever found yourself in a circumstance or situation where you were actually rooting for a Duke team? Nah, never rooting. <laughs> never really. Like yo, that that it's like I don't. I acknowledge the greatness. Like, yo, he it I just never found myself ever in a situation even when they're playing UNC, which is another program that I'm not particularly fond of, I'm rooting for the light blue. I can't I can't root for Duke, man. I, I don't know why. I just I I just I can't do it. Yeah, no, I feel, I mean, for me, I, I've never actually been a Duke hater. Like, it seemed like, you know, 75% of the people I know are, like, Duke haters. I've never been a Duke hater, but yeah. I never found myself I'm one of them. either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't have any reason to hate them. Like, <laughs> where I went to school has nothing to do with Duke. <laughs> they never beat us. They probably wouldn't even grace us with a game. Um, you know, even the, even the Philly schools that we love, they they come across Duke every once in a while, and of course I'm a root for you know Philly in that situation. But you know, I was never like, oh, I hate Duke. Yo, you know, there's no reason. He played Duke, they would beat Shanier down my leg. You know, <laughs> Yo, you know. if you know, you know. Bars. Oh my God, that was great. That was bars. Heavy bars. Y'all don't know, man. Man, <laughs> don't even you know. You, you know, you would know that those are some of the <laughs> no, greatest bars know. in hip hop history that were just spit on this show. Yo, come on, me. Yo, you drawn. You <laughs> drawn. <laughs> All right, so um, shout out to Coach K. Shout out to Kansas. You know, for winning the national championship, man. Today is opening day in Major League Baseball. You know, since I. I I can't get my partners to talk baseball with me, so so we won't. I'll just, you know, I'll just let y'all know that the, 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 Rangers, no, bro, the Yankees Red Sox game was postponed. The Mariners Twins was postponed. I think all of that has something to do with the weather 
you know, uh, going across the states right now, especially in the East Coast. Um, the Mets Nationals game, because the weather is pretty off and on here, so I'm wondering if that's going to get played. It's scheduled for 7.05. But the games that have been played, uh, Brewers uh, lose to the Cubs 5-4 in Chicago. Um, the Pirates uh, going into the bottom of the six are losing 4-0 to the Cardinals. And the Royals and the brand-new Cleveland Guardians are tied at one, top of the seventh. Um, I'm a little excited this year, B. You know, the Phillies, the Phillies' prospects of being good this year are, are a mm-hmm. little bit promising. Um, so you gotta you gotta bring me you gotta bring me out of the mothballs. Offense offense could be scary. Um, it definitely mm-hmm. was in spring training, but you know baseball is a game of numbers, and you put names and lineups together, you pretty much know what you have in the form of offense. Defense leaves a little bit to be desired. Philly, they're gonna have to prove mm-hmm. themselves on the defensive side of the ball. The bullpen, which was the team's ultimate weakness weakness last year, um, is supposed to be improved. But that's another thing that will remain to be seen. Time, but your man, but your man, was mashing in the in the spring in spring training. Uh, your man Bryce Harper, yo, only thirty five yeah. at bats in thirty five at bats spring training. He had eight home runs. In 35 yo, bats, he had eight home yo, runs. And everybody so a lot of knows people that I had no clue. That he could possibly go for 50. But there's like two other yo, people in no that clue. lineup that could go for 50. <laughs> but that's the type of that's the type of numbers I like and understand because y'all know I don't really know only people why, I know is Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, <laughs> <laughs> and Manny and Miss Barry. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, it, it's some promise right. there. With the, you know, even though the defending champs are in the division, it's promise there that the Phillies could make a serious run at the National League East. Um, the the first pick from 2016, Mickey Moniak, he's actually played well in spring training. He had six home runs. However, hmm. his last at bat in spring training, he fractured a bone in his hand or risk and he might be oh, out for weeks. So he finally shows some promise and and he's down. So that look man, if, you, if you're into baseball, hit us on Twitter, hit us on Facebook, hit us on IG, call the show, three two three four one zero 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 one two. Just give us your picks. Let us know who you think get a, you know get a brother gonna, get somebody to talk to because yeah, yeah, I know I just repeat what let they say. Let us know who you you know who you think will emerge this season, um, you know, as World Series champs. Long season. It's definitely a marathon in this sport, but we'll see how it goes, man. Go Phils. All right. One last thing I got to bring up before I talk about something that I know you're going to be interested in. Um, and I know we got Neil, and I think she's in the chat room. Let me check. Yeah, she's in the <clears throat> chat room. Neil. Salute to Neil. I tried. I tried. And I say this because Tanil's a big wrestling fan, big WWE fan. Um, and WrestleMania, two-day two event, was this past weekend. And it's only possible that I could even try to watch WrestleMania because of Tanil. So I thank you for that as well. But I tried, man. 
and I've been trying so so hard recently to get back into wrestling, which I haven't been into since I was like twelve. <laughs> um, I can't, man. It it's very difficult. It's just not entertaining to me, like a lot of people say and and think it is. Like I, to me, and I'm not knocking anybody who does because people find entertainment where they find entertainment. But for me, sitting there trying to like it, because there there's some, some Monday night brawls that I've tried to watch recently, um, whatever other nights that come up, I've been trying to watch wrestling. I've been trying to get into it. Yeah. Every time I do, I end up turning the channel Can't do it. 10 minutes. Um, WrestleMania, the first night I was watching, it, I, you know, since it's multiple screens where I'm watching TV, I didn't turn the channel, but I fell asleep. The second night, I turned the channel after a few minutes. I'm like, this is just not interesting. Yo, man, I just can't do it. I'm going to keep it a million. And I love I love you, Neil. Thank, we thank you for all that you do for us. I'm not watching W. I'm not watching no wrestling, man. And there's literally I mean, only Shepard, one reason. Says, I told you stop trying. It's a terrible product right now. See, but that's coming from yeah. a lifer, a diehard saying it's a terrible product. I don't see anything now that would have said to me, maybe I would have liked this 10 years ago. Like, it's all just way I'm gonna give, over the top. I'm going to send you, I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send you the entire only reason to watch wrestling, and you don't have to watch wrestling to see her, and that's it. Like, I, there's li- literally nothing to see here. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Right. I've been trying. Man. So I, I tried to watch their their greatest show, WrestleMania 38, I and I, I just yeah, I, I couldn't do it. But shout out to everybody out there who who loves it, man. There's still a great market for for wrestling, especially WWE. Um, there's some lifers out there, and I salute y'all for you know sticking with it. I mean, you you, you love something and you stick with it. All right, so. Shout out to all the WrestleMania heads out there. I tried. Love y'all. Your man, Jalen Hurts. (laughs) There's rumors circulating that he's out in Southern California working with none other than the aforementioned Thomas Michael Douglas Brady. I just made up two names because I forgot what you said earlier. Um, But There's rumors. There's nothing confirmed that he's out there working with Tom Brady in Southern California. And a lot of the rumors started because he's supposedly out in Southern California working with um, Tom Brady's trainer. But somebody, uh, Dan Saleo, um, he says, Jalen Hurts is following Tom Brady around in Southern California. Hurts is not just throwing with Tom House, which is the trainer. He's working with Tom Brady. Um, so do you think there's anything he can learn out there working with the GOAT and the GOAT's trainer that will serve as, you know, some quarterbacking success next year with the Philadelphia Eagles? There's a lot of people that still don't understand the criticism because all they're looking Listen, at man. is that the team made the playoffs. You know, you know, Simpleton Listen, give all the credit for, for, to the quarterback. Know, and blame to, Listen, to the quarterbacks, you know, not realizing, Listen, okay, Crazy rushing attack, which he was a part of. 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He didn't do much from a passer standpoint to get us into the playoffs last season. And then 
that showed in the playoffs. I, I'm, pretty I'm much objective. Him to pass the ball. We need better. I'm objective, and I don't dislike him as a as a person. You can't dislike him. Good dude, yeah, seemingly. You can't. Until we find out he like massage parties. So. <laughs> but, yo, it, can he be successful? Absolutely. There have been plenty of weak-armed noodles, noodle-armed guys. One, one of them is going to the Hall of Fame immediately. I.e. Drew Brees. I don't. I don't know if our fan base paid attention or really realized. Unless you really understand football, Drew Brees could not throw the football further than at least two of the hosts of this illustrious program. They could, he couldn't. So you can have a noodle arm. However, there's a couple of things that you have to do amazingly well with a noodle arm. He doesn't do those things well. Accuracy. Anticipation, anticipation, pre-read, and the ability to shift quickly from from route to route. Those things you have him, to be can able you learn to learn that shadowing the goat. If he's really shadowing the goat, and this this is just really, and, and, and it's funny. And I give Tom his salute, even though you know I hate him. Tom's arm strength is a lot bigger and better than people realize. But Tom is a guy that Jalen Hurts could learn from, not because of, oh, he's the GOAT and he won seven super. Nah, Tom spent 10 years in a dink and dunk check down offense. Tom could throw the ball. Tom could push the ball down. the field. I was shocked to see him under Bruce Arians. I think Tom got tired of that ish and it was hurting his arm because he's old. But Tom has arm strength, but spent 10 years dinking and dunking. So if, if, if Hurts listens to Brady or Brady sees fit to teach Hurts some of the tricks of the trade he could learn, but now our offense has to adjust according to now what he is learning and what he does well. Right. I, I don't because, know. Because, you know, they're out here talking about trades and draft picks and trying to get all of these fast but, uh, He can't throw outside the numbers, though. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, numbers, so you would man. actually have to start bringing in personnel. If you're going to make this long-term investment in this kid, you're going to have to start bringing in personnel that fits him and not just personnel that you think, man, speed kills, we can build a great team like this. No, if you're going to, if you're going to give somebody, you know, the reins long-term, then you're going to have to play to their strengths, even if he is able to develop some new strengths. I don't know if – you know, throwing a great deep ball is going to become one of them. I just never seen Ever. anybody get to this level without that and then develop that. You know what I'm saying? I can see if if we're talking arm strength already being there and then developing accuracy on those deep, okay, that can be developed. But if you just can't get the ball, you know, a certain amount of yards, you just can't get the ball a certain amount of yards. Like, at this point, it waits all your life. It's just a whole different – it's just a whole different kind of thing. So, uh, no, so, so we'll he see. He can't, he can't develop that. He's already a weight room warrior. It isn't, it isn't muscular strength that he can develop to add to arm strength to throw the ball. He's already a weight room guy. He just can't throw the ball far with velocity. Well, this story has a lot to do with the next thing I wanted to ask you about because the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints – 
pulled off a trade um, earlier in the week because you know the Eagles had three first-round picks in this upcoming draft. So in this trade, um, the Saints received two 2022 first-round picks, the number 16 pick and the number 19 pick, right? So the Eagles gave them two of their three picks this year, Saints, and they also gave them a six-round pick, um, number 194, while the Eagles got back the Saints' first-round pick from this year, which is number 18, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 second-round pick, plus a 2022 third-round pick, which is number 101, and seventh-round selection also in in this particular draft. So basically the Eagles went into this with, I I believe, four picks in the first – five picks in the first 100. They come out of it with five picks in the first 101 in this year's draft. But now we have two picks in this draft instead of – 15, 16, and 19 like they had, now they have they held on to 15 so now they have 15 and 18 so so you got rid of one but got one for next year and that's making me think you know this is a weak quarterback draft next year is supposed to be very strong and very deep, so now you have two first round picks in this draft you have two first round picks in next year's draft, the Saints who are going into the season with Jameis Winston. We're not, we don't know if he's going to stay healthy. We don't know what that team is going to be. Uh, one of their defensive captains, uh, has, Malcolm Jenkins, has retired. You don't necessarily know what they're going to be, and by all accounts, the Saints might keep going on the decline. So I think this was a great move on Howie's part because that Saints pick could end up being an early pick. And if it's not early enough, and, you know, there's no telling that the Eagles are going to make it back to the playoffs. So either one of those first-round picks in 2023B could end up being a great, even if they're not as early as they want to grab the quarterback that they're coveting, they have both of them to be able to trade up if need be, you know, to try to trade up with a team that doesn't have that kind of need but just wants two first-round picks. I think Howie did a great job in this you know looking what? out for the future because it's, it's one of these situations, B. If dude doesn't develop this year, they have the tools to get a quarterback in a quarterback strong draft. If by some miracle this dude works with the GOAT and he comes out here to lighten it up next season, they decide to make the long-term investment in him, then you're building something around him with the two picks too early, the two first-round picks this year, two first-round picks next year, and all the other early, you know, second and third rounders that they got. Yo, assets are on a beam this, right now. This is called a hedge. He's hedging and making a come-up at the same time. He's hedging and making a come-up. Because as you stated, if Bull somehow through osmosis turns into some level of Brady disciple, oh, well, then we just use those on the tools necessary to put around him, and we're good. But more likely, more than likely, he shows you not much more improvement this season, and you see something down the road that you can grab 
whether that's second, third, fourth, fifth best quarterback in the draft, it's still more talent than he has, and you go grab that from that draft. I'd like to go ahead right now and give Howie his flowers. We criticize Howie. Anybody and everybody can get these hands on this podcast, anybody. And Howie has done some dumb itch. But overall, Howie Roseman is a good GM. And I might put the term very in the adjective very in front of that good. He's not great. I'm not going with great. But I am going with very good, and I'm thankful to have him because I think his good outweighs his bad. It's just his bad gets exacerbated. Yeah, because, you know, Eagles fans are, you know, spoiled. Like, how he was a genius when he put together a team after after Chip Kelly destroyed it. And, you know, then we go to two the years Super Bowl. after Chip Kelly is gone, you get the first Super Bowl in the history of the franchise. And then, you know, he makes some questionable draft picks a couple years after that, and everybody's acting like that didn't happen. Like, we're used to that kind of winning. Um I, I will be the first to admit that Howie, it, as a GM, and it probably sounds funny, like his biggest weakness is drafting because it's never been acquiring assets. It's never been in the free agent market. It's never been, uh, you know, the science around capology. Like he's always been able to flex his muscles as far as making sure the Eagles have cap room to pick up great players in free agency. Um, he pretty much fleeces people on trades uh, more often than not. But his draft record, not not even his draft record, his early draft record, like our first round picks. I was about to say, because he has some late rounders right. that panned right, that's out. The thing. And, and people forget about that. People forget about the depth picks that also help, you know, the Eagles win a Super Bowl, help the Eagles go deep into postseason, especially on seasons when they're not even supposed to. People, you know, the casual fan forgets about that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So his depth picks are are okay. Um, free agency, capology, all that stuff is on a very good level. His early picks. And then people, they do this. Like, they're okay with the picks when they happen. They let uh, – they let all the pundits who the, all the draft pundits talk them into agreeing that this is a great pick. And then if somebody who went before them pans out to be much better than this person, then everybody is, you know, a hindsight warrior and they knew this all along. You know, it happens every single year. So I'm with you, man. It is dude is flowers. Now get some scouting help in here because we got all of these picks. He can't, Blown, <laughs> you know, this, you know, and, and then go ahead and draft some bullshit. You know what I mean? This is not us saying that Howie hasn't flamed out or made mistakes. I I equate Howie to the same affinity that I hold Andy Reid. Like I know Andy's weakness. Andy don't manage the clock. Andy's not making any in-game adjustments. And Andy is a nice guy who will not step on your throat. But all in all, as an Eagles fan who lived through Rich Kotite and Ray Rose, I'm so thankful for Andy Reid and what he brought to the table. And I'm glad he would parted ways and he had an opportunity to, you know, go ahead and, and do his thing because he wasn't going to do it with us. That's kind of the same esteem that I hold Howie in, although 
how he was instrumental in bringing us that ball. He's not without flaw, but how he's a good he's a good GM. Now the problem, as we brought up, you brought up the average fans. The average fans is ruined by two things, maybe three. Number one, video games. Number three, fantasy football. And number four, they're stupid. <laughs> Even though that was three, I said four. So yeah, we're really pretty stupid. Much um, but, I was like, did he skip but a it's number? Like, <laughs> we, 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 expect, we expect GMs to make splash plays. Like, I guarantee you there's some Eagles fan somewhere who's stupid who's like, why couldn't we get Tyreek Hill? And why can't we find Juju? And why couldn't we get Bobby Wagner? And why couldn't we get Vaughn Miller? Like salary caps it's don't exist. That easy, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, you know, I mean, we, we know how that good is. Move. No, definitely, definitely a good move. Um, I, like I said, I just hope he doesn't blow um, those early picks. But hey, it's a gamble. It's a gamble. People don't realize that there's a lot of teams, a lot of franchises who go through the same thing, but they're not paying them any mind. So they think it's just, you know, their guy. Like, why does our guy always do such and such? Um, The draft in its purest, like the epitome of a draft is a crapshoot, pretty much. It's a crapshoot. So, you you know, you just got to do as much homework as you possibly can and, and try to hedge your bet a little bit. But... I like what he's done. Um, I think he's put them in position. Uh, we 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 gotta we gotta bear one more year of this. Um, like I said, you know, if the kid improves, I will be the first to give him his props. But I'm liking the fact that we have the tools to grab our next franchise quarterback. Another thing, like people are probably, you know, he's not with the team now. He's on his third team, you know, since. But I'm not mad at Howie about. Uh, Carson Wentz being drafted. People can say what they want. Carson Wentz is not drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles do not have a Super Bowl title right now. Now, Y'all can say what you want, but you all, and I think B and I probably have always been two of Nick Foles' greatest fans, but we know damn near in a whole season type of setting that that wasn't going to happen if it didn't happen the way that it actually happened. So, hey, shout out to that, too. What he does after he leaves us, that's his business. But thank him, too, for what he funny, did while he was it's here. It's funny. Not, not, to go down a, not to go down a tangent, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement. Why is it that Nick Foles can't really be a starter? Like, I'm glad that Jacksonville overpaid him and gave him that $90 million deal, and, and it didn't work, but I'm glad he got his money. And not from us, but I'm glad he got it. But why can't he? Because I've seen him as a starter, and it just works. But for a stretch of games, he will always put together a stretch of great games. I don't know. It's not even just a stretch of games and, and being a starter. It just seemed like Nick Foles is only good in Philadelphia. Because, I mean, he, under even under Chip Kelly, in an offense that was not designed for his slew-footed ass, he balled out. <laughs> he balled out in that yeah. offense. So... I don't know. It just seemed like outside of Philadelphia, Nick Foles is just not it. But <laughs> thankful that he is it in Philadelphia and did what he did in that postseason, man. 
So shout us, out to everybody being, involved. Us being the Eagles fans that we are, you do realize that Carson Wentz is going to come back and make us regret certain things, right? <laughs> Probably. Carson, we yeah, are commanders. Carson's about to figure it out in, 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 with it as a commander. I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. All right, so, man, one of the biggest news stories, sports stories at least, of the week, one of the two preseason title favorites in the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers, were eliminated from playoff contention um, earlier this week. Um, now, this was in their 121-110 loss to the Phoenix Suns, coupled with a 116-97 win by the Spurs over the Denver Nuggets. That's what officially eliminated Los Angeles from the play-in tournament with three games remaining in their regular season. Um, you know, this was one of the – there were two teams. Like, this season was supposed to be about the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are down at the bottom – of the playoff standings, but they're definitely going to be in the playoff play-in game. And nobody really wants that smoke from them in the play-in game or as a high seed, um, having to play a low seed when the playoffs start. Nobody really wants that smoke right now. Lakers, on the other hand, yeah, I gave them props saying, you know, maybe they could figure out if they got to the play-in game, got in, maybe they would be a scary matchup, but they did not get in. So, B, with all the stuff we've heard throughout this season, like where does the blame lie? And, it, you know, it don't have to be one place, but where does the blame lie in the Lakers, you know, being as bad as they ended up being? Because they were eliminated on their seventh straight loss. It's like when the Lakers play, which is a lot on national TV, they made us suffer through that throughout this season. It's like you know they're going to lose. And sometimes they're going to get blown out most of the time. With the blame, uh, there's plenty of blame to go around. I know, I know what our our listeners are waiting for me to say, but I'm gonna go ahead and start with Anthony Davis. Yo, Anthony Davis had his last season as a Pelican. He had 25 games of 30. I want to say 30 and 10 or better. Um, His season in the bubble, I think he had 12 games of 30 and 10. Uh, This year he's had no games of 30 and 10. Now the question that has to be asked (laughs) He only played 40. (laughs) is, Is Anthony Davis falling off physically? Or is he just not hungry anymore? Or is it a little bit of both? But has I'm Anthony please. Davis ever fallen on physically, though? As good, as great of a player as he is mm-hmm. when he's all the way healthy and balling to his potential, I do True. miss his games, yo. Forty played 40 this year. He played 36 he last does. year. Played 62 the year of the championship. He played 56 the year before that. Then 75, 75, 61, 68, 67, and 64. Dude can't but, but go if through you look season at me, the season 30 and 10, 30 and 10, the better he had literally none. Like, even if you're only going to play 40 games, if you are what 
I think you are and what has been advertised, I still see you have a dominant game or two or three or four. He literally had none this year. And I think that whether intentional, whether it's because he's a cat or his health, I lay a lot of that at his feet because of what they and I expected to see from him in terms of shouldering the load and carrying. So that's number one. Number two, LeBron got to get out of the front office, man. And I don't think it's ever going to happen. But LeBron got to get out of the front office, man. It should, though, especially in L.A. Like, this is not this is not the Cavs, where they were grateful for, you know, oh, we got a chip. Like, this team has seven – this franchise has 17 championships. Like, they're used to winning. What they do is win. So, at some point, when that winning legacy gets – you know, I'm not going to say tarnished, not like they've never – like they've never had lulls before and, like, they'll never be back – but when it's looking this bleak and you're always the front the front page story because of how bad you are at the moment, they got to look in the mirror like, look, we're the damn Los Angeles Lakers. Like, we understand, you know, LeBron moves the needle, sells tickets, but they can't keep – they're not a team like the Cavs or somebody like that that has to keep mortgaging their future to appease the needs of LeBron James. With all due respect, and he's still balling as one of the top players in the league, but you're 37 You're not going to do this forever. So we cannot, even if you're still playing great, we as a franchise cannot tie ourselves to your every whim. Like they gave on the, a on ton the, of on the prospects court, to get On the court, there's game. some culpability too, and I'm going I'm to get to that. But go, go ahead. On the court, no, he I, had some culpability. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Let, let me know. So... So LeBron is taking five more shots than his career average per game. He's taking the most shots that he's ever taken on any team. As you know what he's LeBron James, and I get it because some are going to say, well, he's too old to completely run the point 100% of the time. You're probably right. Probably right in saying that. But LeBron James doesn't have to come in and try and be Kobe Bryant to win. But what LeBron has realized is that the decisions he made with the front office didn't and couldn't work. So now I've got to go out here and stat pad for my personal legacy, and that involves me trying to win a scoring title. That involves me trying to put up these big number games because it's not about winning for LeBron anymore. It's about beating back the ghosts of the past that, that hold their, their past over his head. So that's what I believe this season has turned into for LeBron. And he's scoring and he's playing way. amazing for his age. But when, last point, his plus minus, trying. Mm-hmm. he has the worst plus minus since his rookie year, which is a negative plus minus, which means – he is not impacting the game positively, statistically, when he's on the court. He's at a negative plus minus, lowest right. since his rookie season. See, but, but like you are, LeBron knows the sports landscape. He knows all the simpletons yep. who are diehard sports fans. And there are going to be a lot of them that says, well, he averaging 37-7. Like, what more do you want him to do? He's 37 years old. That's the legacy he's trying 
excuse me, Channel Lee. I played better yep. at this age than any other great in the history. And that's just going to be by statistics. I played better than anybody at this age that this league has ever seen. So when it all comes down to it, the simpletons are going to be like, well, none of this is LeBron's fault. He did his part. Not realizing all the other factors that you factored into it, the fact that, you know what I'm saying, he he forced their hand on mortgaging their future for – I mean, the, the Anthony Davis thing paid off with a ring. Not sure if that would have happened if not for the stoppage and the bubble and all that kind of stuff, but it happened. Can't be taken back. So that worked even though they would be a much better team in the long term had they held on to – all of those young dudes that they gave up for Anthony Davis, but LeBron doesn't have time for young dudes to be developing on his watch. So then you get rid of, you know, Caruso and KCP and all of those kind of dudes. And you bring in Russell Westbrook and his $40 million contract, bad move from the door. I'm not going to absolve Russ of, of, of all blame. on No, no, because Russ, for me, a lot of fans are going to, say Russell's name first. Russell is way down on the list for me as far as blame. First of all, you should know by fit that LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, that's not going to work. That's even if Russell came in and was playing better than he showed this season. But the fact that he's already on the decline and then you pick him up, right, they do the same thing. You would think, though, and you got to give them, you know, being superstars, you should be able to figure it out. You guys just yo, ta- Russ, just off yo, talent, just off talent though, Dukie. Jim. These dudes should be able to go out here and beat a lot of these teams in the league. Because think about it, no, LeBron I, listen, James but, but, and but, Dwayne Wade really didn't fit. But just off their talent, they was able to go out and stomp the league. Yeah, league. but Dwayne Wade wasn't running two hundred miles an hour for no reason. Russ is Dookie now. Now, even beyond that though, with the whole thing of them trading away the young talent, I don't have no problem with that either. You want to chip. Like, I know you I don't. Tra- uh, you know. I know you don't. Because my thing is, my thing is, I don't even know if those guys get a chance to develop unless they're traded away. The reason they got a chance to develop and come into their own is because they got put in situations where they can go out there. LeBron James. Well, right. Even beyond that, even if they even if they were all in the Lakers, I don't think they would have developed. Like Jordan Clarkson got put in a position where he can let the clip go. I don't think mm-hmm. he would even if he would have stayed with Kuzma and all of them. I don't think he would have got a chance. Like they, everything happened the way it was supposed to for everybody. They got a chip. Those guys got a chance to, like, go out there and let the the hammer fly. And, you know, it is what it is. They just brought in the wrong people, for at least wrong person for those guys. You know, I'm a Russ fan. But that was doomed from the start. Even though, like I said, I think in this league, when you have those kind of names and that kind of talent, it might end up trumping all. And I think that's what LeBron always thinks. That's why he got to get the biggest names instead of looking for the best fit. That's where they made a mistake. Yeah. But, like but the a, thing, a about it, the thing about it is, been a, a better situation for them than the Yeah, but I think I think a lot of times with these dudes though, it's not even about basketball. Like him and Russ are friends off the court. Him and Lowry, you know, allegedly don't have a relationship, so it wasn't they even ain't about friends what's anymore. The fit basketball. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> about what's the best fit basketball. It's like me and Russ like hang out. That's my guy. Like, you know, what I'm saying it's like you know. So and and that's that's the AAUization of the NBA. It wasn't even about who's a better fit basketball wise. It's like, yo, that's my guy. Yeah, yeah, and all of LeBron's guys are the big name guys because the king hangs with the, you know, with other kings in the league. So 
That's just how it is. You know, LeBron ain't hanging. His Listen, guy man. ain't Ira Newble. Like, I ain't bringing Ira in because I like him. <laughs> Listen, man. I don't, I don't care if they lose the next five years, man. Like, you win a chip. All is, it's, it's, I mean, you know how the Eagles, the Eagles want to that, so, No, you know, no, but, no like, but that, that's, that's, you know, I feel that way. But I feel that way coming from a Philadelphia fan standpoint. We don't win titles. The Lakers win titles all the time. We don't win so, 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 so there's that little bit where I don't agree with your mindset in this because y'all win titles. That's what y'all do over there. Yeah, but I mean, so it's yeah, kind of different again, than all, a starved Eagles fan. Like, man, I'm good for the next five years. Like Lakers. Yeah, but what I'm saying usually is, they have five year runs where they winning two or three in that five years. They don't. So, the thing is, they don't win all the time, right? So, like, so, I know, but they're spoiled and, for a reason. Like, like Eagles fans, the way that they act when we won, and you know, everybody gotta go as soon as you make a mistake. That's some BS. Like, how we get that spoiled? Like, we're not the Patriots. We're not the man. Lakers. We're not the, the you know. But the, but the, but the bottom line the is in basketball, in basketball in the, the way the NBA is, the way the NBA is, you make one or two moves and you're right back in it. Like, the NBA isn't one of those things where it's like football where you have to, like, completely rebuild. The NBA, you don't rebuild. Like, it's like in the, in the, in the NFL, you got to, like, tear the whole property down and build it back up from scratch. The NBA, yo, you can just do a quick rehab, put a new bathroom in, new kitchen, and you ready to rock and roll. Like, right. think about the league right them, now, right? If their top guys just play better, then you can sprinkle something else around them, and they'll go back to being a good team. Because I keep hearing people saying, well, because of these moves they made, the Lakers are just – their their window is just done for the next few years. What can they do to improve the situation? Uh, Anthony Davis could be healthy. Uh, Russell Westbrook could oh. learn how to play again. <laughs> Like they can get better. They're two, three, and B guys. They're two, three, and B like guys me. away from competing. But the, but the, what I'm saying is that's not hard to get in this. But this league is different than that. Like put it like this, right? If we look at the the, 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 in that the, uh, the landscape, because some dudes will take veteran minimums just to try to chase a chip and be with them dudes. And here's my thing, right? You look at the entire league, right? If you had to pick a clear front runner to win the whole thing, who would it be right now? Right now, yeah, Suns. the Suns probably either the Suns or the Bucks. I think they might end up running it back. Yeah, I do too. But when I think about those teams and I look at the Lakers team, I think if the Lakers are fully healthy and put a couple pieces, they can beat both of those teams. Like, there's no team, there's no dominant team that's like far and away better than everybody else in the NBA. Right. Because even and you heard me last Bucks, week, Jim. Remember last if, week if I was Brooklyn saying if they sneak into the play-in, some stuff could happen. If you know, if they get this Listen, stuff if together. Brooklyn get, if Brooklyn gets hot, Brooklyn can wipe the floor with both of them dudes. And that's what I'm saying. So it's like to me this ain't even that big of a deal. Like but I, I get it though. It's listen, man. The Vince McMahon, let's tell y'all, man, I get it. But this ain't even that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, well, it it's a big it's a big deal because like I said, see you're you're different. You're cut from a different cloth than all the spoiled fans. But if you just think about Laker Nation like, it's a big deal to them because they're just not used to this. They had some lulls recently, but when they do get good, like, they're a threat for the next few years. Like, even when, you know, Kobe and them finally got good without Shaq, you know, they ran off two chips. They were in three finals. So you kind of expected that after the bubble. Like, okay, the Lakers is and, – and, and, and you know the media want – they think everything, everybody who wins is going to be a dynasty. <laughs> or or challenge, and I think that's dynasty. part of the bigger so problem. And I think that now fall off this quickly. 
But I think that now where we are in the NBA, and where we are in the NBA, I don't think we'll see dynasties like that no more. I don't think they will exist because I don't think it's possible with the current, the way the game is currently played, the way guys move around. There won't be dynasties like that anymore. Giannis about to have, Giannis about to see if he can test that theory. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Um, that's possible. What I'm saying is I I I just don't see, I just don't see those kind of dynasties anymore. That's the one thing, right? The, sec- the second thing about that is I, I think the, the game has changed even from when Kobe, you're talking about 2010, around that time. That's mm-hmm. about 12 years ago. The game is completely different then. So, I, I mean, and I understand that, you know, Cats for they want to win the chip every year, but that's not, that's not how this works, yo. That's, it's really not how this works. And if you can trade to win a chip, you got to do that. Because my thing is, what's the alternative? You let these guys grow together and you still don't win no chip? Like, are we about winning chips or are we about this being competitive? Because if you just wanted to be competitive, because the thing about it is, where and that's the, the difference with the Lakers because they're going to make their money regardless. Some franchise yeah, have to let the youngins build because, because they're trying to build some revenue. Lakers going to get their money even when they lose. <laughs> so, all right. So, <laughs> no, the Suns not, having a great one of the greatest seasons ever, and don't want, don't nobody care. <laughs> Listen, um. The latest episode of uh, The Shop came out. Timing is a mother here because in this episode, they're asking Bron who in the league currently, you know, he would want to play with. So even though it was probably recorded before they were out of contention, it looks like they get eliminated from the playoff race and then LeBron out here tampering, saying names of people that he would like to play with. And that brings us to our quote of the week. And our quote of the week He's picked me the last two All-Star games. I don't know if that suffices, but I'm good right now. Now, that's Steph Curry on LeBron James saying on that episode of The Shop that Steph Curry is the guy that he would like to play with the most. And I'm like, damn, Steph just totally played dude out. Like, that's one thing, and we've always said this about LeBron. LeBron being the best player of the last decade and a half <laughs> of basketball He's Jimmy calls it the AAU AAUization of the league, but to be the king nice. of the heat, the top of the hill, he's way too nice, they, kind, deferential to other superstars. He talks about them as if they're him, and he's looking up at them. Sometimes it, it kind of sounds that way. So he says that like I would like to play with Steph and Steph like. Come on, man! You you picked me for the last two playoff, the last two All Star games. Get off my job! Like that's not enough. Like I'm good. I don't want. I don't want to do that. So Steph played him out. Yo. And Steph might be doing Yo, that because that's just the look Steph, you want to have right Steph, now because he damn sure welcomed KD into the fold yeah, yeah. <laughs> when that happened. But Steph, Steph, Steph had Steph had a dad in his life who was uber competitive and and one of the one of the better people at what he did, like. Your pops don't, yo. We we don't go for the, for the Austin, Richard Austin, ride. Austin, listen, Austin, listen to the whole interview. Listen to the whole interview before you say what you did. He spent the first twenty five minutes giving LeBron a reach around, a, a BJ, and everything else. And they took the one part and made it a quote and made it a meme. I listened to the whole thing. Uh, and I was like, it's, it's, it's nasty gotcha. either way. It's, yeah. So I mean, no, I know, mean, it it is like you said, the AAUization of the league. Everybody's gonna talk too nice about each other on camera. But I mean, he called the board a goat. He was talking about when asked that question. He made a statement. He said, when the greatest of all time asked you to play with him, of course, that's like 
you know, you, you got to feel, you know, it, it, it says about your game. When it, you know I mean, like, so he, he – I know, but you also you know, got to also realize when dudes are trying to big themselves up. So I'm going to make this dude look yeah. better because he asking me to play. Shut up to the Kind of like Scotty. How Scotty talks about LeBron because it makes him look better. But, he made he made sure he made sure LeBron finished before he uh you know he got him off first before he got <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. Yo, but yeah, and, and on that, that actual, note, when they asked that question too. though, and, and he said that like I'm good, like he you know if I'm LeBron I'm gonna have you see, a little bit of an issue with that. Did you see like, the whole episode? Did you see the whole episode of the shop when he said that? Nah, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen a whole episode of the shop. And the funny thing he, about it was he, he was talking about playing with Bronny even though he yeah. prefaced that by saying Bronny told me he wants to make a name for himself. So I'm like, if Bronny wants to make a name for himself, why would you be trying to play on the same team with him? Because LeBron could be 56 years old, and he's still going to – like, he, his aura is just too big. He's still going to overshadow everything and everybody that's going on at that particular moment. So you're going to overshadow your son, and he's going to be trying to make a name for himself, but he's still going to be on the team as just LeBron's son. So let that man yeah, carve right. out his one own if he can. You know what I mean? One of the things about LeBron is, is, is that um, when he was coming in the league, one of his OGs or one of his uh, heroes was Ken Griffey. And Ken Griffey used to come to his high school games, and then when he signed with Nike, they, you know, they, they, that was his OG, and he played with his pops. And so Gr- had Griffey was better than his then. pops since the minute he stepped into the league, though. Brian ain't yeah, that's be true, so that's kind of reversed. <laughs> but he's had, this, had this in his head. He's had this in his head uh, for a while. But that wasn't even a part of the interview. The part of the interview, which I'm surprised didn't make it to a meme yet, is when they were asking him. Well, they asked, it was part of the same conversation. Like, who would you like to play with? They because what they did was they forced him to name a player that's currently playing. He yeah. said Bronny. I, I saw like, that whole segment. I just didn't see the whole episode. Okay. Did you see when they asked him who he could play, who he want to play with that's no longer playing? Yeah. You, you see. I- Kicked over Mike. <laughs> Yo, my man, he my man said Mike and said Pippen. <laughs> he said Pippen. He said, he, so said, I, he said Pippen or Pippen or Penny. That was definitely a setup too. That was definitely a setup. That was a setup for him to to, to diss Mike a little bit and and show Pippen some support, who showed him support over these last few years. Yeah, I peeped that. Yeah, so, I'm, Pippen, Penny. I'm surprised. He said Kobe. He even said Kobe. Because he, he was naming theirs. He's like, yeah, cold too. I would have loved that. Um, skip Mike. Like, nah. <laughs> like, LeBron is full on MJ versus Bron mode. Like, he's full on. He's 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 bought into it. He's full in that it's mode. nothing right else now. to play for. Right. He's, he's full in the for. I'm the GOAT mode. Forget, dude. I'm not going to give this no more fuel. I'm not going to say I want to play with him because you know they're going to use it against him. Because you know that would be the biggest headline had he said Mike. And people were like, look, he's supposed to be your GOAT, and he's talking about he want to play with my GOAT. So, you know, that, it was smart. It's, it was contrived. Like, the question, they, they were nothing ah! else to play for. But again, 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 I'm old enough to remember. I mean, and like, everybody else Because I don't necessarily think Ron is number two. He up there, definitely. But, like, damn. Like, I mean, they, you they know. Shitting on Reem. That's why, that's why Kareem be – be shitting on Brian sometimes. Again, yeah, that's this true. week, I mean, Kareem they, had to issue another apology for for LeBron. I'm like, this is deja vu. Haven't we been through this before? 
Yeah, Reed, Kareem crap on him. Apologize. Brian shit on Mike. Brian shit on Mike. Green shit on Brian. Yo, did you see uh, on Bomani's show? Bomani like pooped on Kobe. No, matter of fact, it was it was when Bomani was on the Breakfast Club. He was pooping on Kobe, and like he was trying to do it in a way like to not be disrespectful, because you know, because Kobe no longer here. He kind of pooped on Kobe. He's like Kobe ain't top ten, yo. Yo, <laughs> nah, yeah. I, I didn't see that he part. Said, I saw the, I did see a part of that interview. But it was about uh, Boston, Boston, it about Will Smith. Like, yeah, Kobe, y'all, y'all only judging by the championships, but not in the years in between. He said when he couldn't even make the playoffs, he was cooking. I was like, damn. <laughs> but anyway, but but no, but it's funny, like because I remember I'm old enough to remember I'm a geezer when Mike got around like Ring Five and the conversations between him and Bill Russell and how you know all the old heads was like until you get eleven, it don't matter. And then you know the Michael Jordan fans would give context and poop on Russell when it was like, "Yo, this is this is just history repeating itself." So the funniest thing, though, Jim, is, as much as I've always been in the ball, I've never heard I've never heard that before. Like I never no, heard people you. infusing Russell into a conversation. Like I never I've heard, heard anybody Russell, who thought Russell, Russell was the greatest. And, as much yo, as the old heads that listen. we used to sit around and. Watch them play pool and talk so, ball. I never the heard anybody The barbershop I used to go Russell. to had a bunch of old heads. The barbershop I used to go to had old heads that were sitting there. And they, they, it was literally like a, you know, a, a stereotypical barbershop, but they would just argue all day long. Yeah. I, all, I, I just always thought since I was in Philly, you know, all the old heads were talking about Wilt. I never heard anybody in my life say Russell was the greatest. So there were either the contingent, there were either the contingent where you couldn't say anything bad about Wilt and Wilt was God. It was it was the Sunny Hill crowd, but then there was another crowd. In Philly, it's weird, right? Because in Philly, you'll always have whoever the main guy is in Philly, you'll have people that love his ops, right? So it's sort of like you have a lot of Cowboys fans in Philly just because that's just the way Philly works, right? Most people are Eagles fans, so you give a bunch of Cowboys fans just to be anti. You know what I mean? And that's how it was with the Russell uh, Wilt thing back in the day. Same thing in but, same thing in DC. Ton of Cowboys fans yeah, just so, to be <laughs> just to be anti Redskins, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is funny because a bit of Dallas, I didn't see no uh, Eagles or Redskins. That's either here or there. Anyway, but um, right. But the point is, I would hear nobody arguments take in, that in like about rings. <laughs> I would hear I would hear the arguments about, about rings, and then it was context. So what I'm looking to see, you know, uh, Allah willing that I could live a, a long life. I want to see who's the next person when they start throwing bronze completely under the bus, and this new guy is going to be like, you know, because that that's just it's, this is just a cycle, yo. Oh yeah, it's, it's always a cycle because the people, the younger people, can't respect what came before. Thirty them. years. Like I will it's never like 30. I can't like I don't think Bill Russell was on Wilt Chamberlain's level, even though that was his arch rival and he beat him team game, beat him more times than Wilt's teams beat them. But I'm never going to like disrespect Russell as if he's not one of the game's greats. You know what I'm saying? Some people like the stuff that they say just because they want to make an argument, like it gets real crazy sometimes. I mean, and even the people that's trying to defend the honor of the older dudes, they say crazy stuff about LeBron. Like, come on, y'all can't believe the stuff that you're saying right now. You can't watch this dude myself, play for 19 years and tell me he's not, you know, on the level of, you Yo, know, I find myself kind of defending everybody. Depending on who I'm talking no, to. No, that's me too. It depends on how the conversation is going. Then I defend the young boys. I, I defend the young boys a lot because I, I guess I talk to more old heads. And old heads is mad disrespectful. That's why I said the old heads might be worse than the young boys. Like, 
even though we know Young Wolves is mad disrespectful, O'Hears might be worse, yo. <laughs> he might be worse, yo. They be like, yo, anybody who came you know in like, you know. It depends on how you look at it, like what's worse to you, because Young Bulls, funny thing is, you know, I, I had a 10-year-old arguing with me Yeah, you the other you day. Yeah, you coach AAU, so you, you really right. got to get a – I, really so I, I had a 10-year-old arguing with me the other day talking about Mike and LeBron. It was very, very disrespectful to Mike. And then started throwing out <laughs> stuff. What was he without Pippen? I'm like, oh, you've been listening to those people. I'm like, okay. And then he starts saying stuff like, yeah, he, he Pippen got all the rebounds. And I was like, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen both averaged six rebounds a game for their careers. But I'm not going to sit here and argue details with you. So the young boys are doing it and have no clue what they're talking about. That's one thing. Hey, listen, you might be mad people. like, yo, at least if you're going to do this, be a student of the game. But then on the other side, you might be more upset because old heads know better. And they still going to do it because they're just being biased. So it's like the, whatever yeah. you look at is the worst. Like they all could be equally as frustrating. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like you. I find myself it depends on the conversation. What they want to remember. Right. It, de- it depends on the conversation of who I'm defending at the time. Because like, some people say ridiculous stuff that, about the younger generation. Yo, old heads remember what they want to. And that was kind of – I guess that was kind of the point that the Bull Bomani was making. He just didn't have to go as far as he did. But he's like, old heads kind of remember what they want to remember. Like, they remember the good stuff. Like, you remember Mike winning the chips. Like, you don't remember Mike getting his ass kicked in the playoffs by the Pistons. People try to act like that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, and so yeah. it's like th- that's just – See, with me, is. I still don't – I still don't understand why that's brought up as much right now because – that's just how things was back then. It's like there was a rite of passage. Like his team wasn't that great, so you're not just going to come in and beat the Celtics. You're not just going to come in and beat the Pistons. you got to wait your turn. And once, he, once the Bulls got their turn, they put a stranglehold on it for longer than the teams that were keeping them away from it. No, absolutely. And, so it's context, but, you know, but, but it's also, but it's, it's also the it's, thing it's, is, it's part of the game, though. But people right. like to ignore that. And even, even you know, and – Let's not even talk about the Wizards years, because to me, here's the funny thing about the Wizards years. Most people erase it, but to me, that's one of the biggest arguments pro Mike. But, I but don't the think the Wizards years were bad, personally. That's my point. No, that's my point. My point is that is one of the, the stronger arguments, in my opinion, for the pro Mike crowd, but the pro Mike crowd tries to act like he retired a bull. <laughs> With his hand in the air. Like, that sixth championship, yeah, that sixth championship is when he just walked off in the sunset. I'm like, yo, he lost as a wizard, but the way he See, but, was but that's because – that's because everybody, Jim, they're, they're, like we said, we are, they're always arguing off, you know, it's, it's always personal. And they're only looking at the end results. He didn't you – know, there were no playoffs, there were no championships, then it's not worth talking about. But, but even the pro-Mike people, like, I don't, I don't even think – I think they really, Jim, I don't even think it's an exaggeration to say they just tried to delete it out of their memory because talking about that the other day, there were people who love Mike to death that forgot the fact that the Wizards were in playoff contention until Mike got hurt. They forgot that. They just think, like, the narrative is, oh, he was flabby and sick in the Wizards years. He was terrible. When that was the farthest thing from the truth, he just couldn't stay healthy. <laughs> After not playing for a few years and coming back as a heavier old head, he couldn't stay healthy. But they were, you know, they were in contention and, until dude pretty much yeah. got hurt. But 
Yeah, it's 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 funny though. Like I said, it just depends on who's talking at the time or who's uh whose mantle you gotta pick up. Because, you know, I always talk about yeah. being called a, a, a hater and a and a Koloff in the same conversation about the same person, just on different threads of the conversation. And yeah. I've seen like similar stuff happen with y'all. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, I I, don't I pay guess to be like I said, I guess I don't talk. I don't talk to like the AAU circuit like you do. So I'm pretty sure you hear all kinds of slander, but I hear it from the old heads. Like, but I, I do got some young boys I talk to that are like, that's just mad disrespectful, yo. That's mad, yo. They they wild disrespect, but the yo, but the old heads might be worse. Like everybody's ass. Alright, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's our our quote of the week. We got two stats of the week, and the first one. Um, <laughs> this is NBA. All of them are NBA related. So the best father and son assist duo in NBA history are the Stocktons. Together they have 15,815 assists, John Stockton and his son. But out of the 15,815 assists, John Stockton has 15,806 of them. So his son <laughs> has nine assists in his NBA career, which, Jim, was nine more assists than I thought he had because I didn't even know John Stockton's son was in the NBA at any point. So shout out to him (laughs) (laughs) and his nine assists. What Eddie Murphy say, now we have $300 million because I want to do my part. (laughs) So with nine assists, he's doing his part. So shout out to the Stocktons. Um, Another stat of the week, and this is Utah Jazz related as well. Donovan Mitchell averages 2.3 passes per game to Rudy Gobert this season. He also averages three turnovers per game. So basically, Donovan Mitchell passes to the other team more than he passes to Rudy Gobert. What do you think about that relationship? Because we kind of heard after the whole COVID thing of, you know, how things were with, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert seems like they're just tolerating each other at this point. They don't even play together. Dog, the funny thing is, like, when, y'all, when I watch them play, Rudy Gobert definitely changes the game with his defensive prowess and his rebounding. So he's mm-hmm. definitely a valuable asset. But not only does Donovan Mitchell not like him, yo, nobody in the NBA likes ball. And it's kind of weird. Like, there's a video on YouTube with, like, just people from around the league just slandering ball. Like, don't nobody <laughs> like ball. And it's, it's I don't know if it's like you know because of the COVID thing he's he's been an asshole before then but like people just don't mess with you and it's weird because you know you would think that if no one messes with you at least your own team do no they don't bang with boy even <laughs> no yeah and that's weird I mean because a lot of times when you have a great guard big man duo if the guard is averaging five six assists and at least two of them joints per night are two to do. And we're just talking, we're talking yep. assists. He don't even pass. Like, I'm talking two assists. <laughs> he only I mean, passes the to dude twice it's, per it's game. It's context to that too, Dad. Because not if he don't pass to nobody. He's a clip. That's true. But, he's a clip. Hold up, though. He's definitely a clip. Do you remember? But, yeah. Do you remember Sometimes the All-Star you got to give it to somebody to get it back. So you get your dribble back or something. Like, damn, that's never Rudy Gobert. Like, come on, man. Yo, do you remember, the, do you remember during the All-Star break uh, when, when um, who was it? It was Draymond. 
and they had, and he was like doing his commentating, and he said something, and they were like, "Yeah, you know how you and Rudy Gobert?" And he was like, "Don't mention me in the same breath as that." Oh yeah, I was like, he's like, "No." Hey, he's, like, he's like, "He's like, we are not alike." I'm like, "Damn, yo, we are not alike. alike, yo." We are not alike, yo. Don't nobody like do, yo. Yeah, I mean, the way he started COVID with the league, it was really on some asshole shit. <laughs> like, yeah, like, and that probably that probably that probably added to whatever was already definitely added to whatever he like already had going because the way he did it, like, because you can't get mad at somebody for contracting COVID, but what he did, remember, not taking it seriously, not making All Star team or something. When he crying about not making when when defensive player, literally he crying. he's crying like, about something. People out here listening, like y'all might think Jimmy's talking about crying as in complaining. He was literally crying tears because he didn't make the All Star team. Was it about not making All Star game? Yeah, it was all. Yeah, that's what it was. It's all starting. Yeah, yeah, literally crying. So yeah, there's a lot of reasons that players like wouldn't like to. But damn, two point three passes per game. Y'all probably playing at least thirty minutes together during the game. Like that's crazy. Because it's a, it's another player. I forgot who it was. It wasn't nobody like that was you know of of name. But they had said something about yeah, he cried his way on the All Star team. Like like people just don't mess with you. Yeah. So you know. That's not shocking, but to be on his own squad, I mean, you know, like I said, it's context. He's a gun, so, yeah, man, interesting. All right, man, well, that's the stats of the week. And what happened this week while everybody was on the Grizz Nye? Shout out to Lil Scrappy. Yes, sir. <laughs> while you're on the Grizz Nye, it's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you and your business need a custom website? Boom, here's what you do. DigitalExtremeTech.com, 205-420-3 and go, yeah. But that being said, it's time to talk about what happened while you were on the Grizz Naive. Yo, man, first and foremost, man, Julius Irving, because that's what I'm going to call him. If he had to pick an MVP, he would pick, pick uh, Jokic over, uh, you know, the process. And anybody feeling that, yo? Nobody in Philly is feeling that. And, and he didn't necessarily say he would pick him, but he probably even said something worse. He said Jokic is more deserving. So here's his quote. He said, I'm hopeful that Embiid wins it. He does talk about it, and it's something that, that, that is one of those carrots out there that he's reaching for. I think he kind of played him out with that, like telling everybody like he yeah. really wants that. Then he said, but I think the most deserving guy is Jokic. He hasn't missed any games, night in and night out. He's won better than he did last year. He was MVP last year. When you get better, I don't think you lose status. Not if it's a fair fight. I'm going to pull for Embiid because he's my guy. And Antetokounmpo, who knows how, he, who knows how he's going to finish up. But both Embiid and Antetokounmpo have missed several weeks of play. Jokic has been out there every night. So he didn't give any substantial evidence of why. The Joker should win besides the fact that he's <laughs> he out missed, there every night. Because he missed less games. Yeah, and, that's yeah right. Like, and and I'm not going to front. I told y'all a couple of weeks ago. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Dude wins it. Like, I, I, don't, I, think, I think there are three people deserving of it. And I think that's just unfortunate for Joel at the moment that in the best season of his career, like, there's two other dudes that are playing on that same level. But – this is what I asked you, Jim, because I, I know why the people of Philly feel that way. Um, so I want to know, like, if you agree with them. Like, even if this is your truth, being an ambassador for the club, like, because Doc really has – he still has a position with the club. He's an ambassador for the, for the club, and he's one of the most 
if not the most recognized and maybe the greatest sixer of all time. Like, do you say this out loud? No, you don't, man. Not at all, you don't, man. You don't. You Even don't, if you don't want to be dishonest, kind of state the question. Dog, say I'm rooting for you don't be, the family, man. This is this is mafioso rule. This is mafioso rule. Man. <laughs> he was just going against the family. That, come on, man. You going against the family? What is wrong with you, cuz? <laughs> like, yo, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in Doc, and I actually disagree too. Like. So I'm saying the whole thing playing more games. Can you fire Doc? Yo, he, I, yo, he, he would have got his pink slip today. Because my thing is, you want to get the family. That, yo, and your statue coming down. You want to get the family. Listen, thing is, I disagree with him. Actually, the funny thing is, if you remember last year, I thought that Embiid should have got it last year over Joker. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I get, I get the Joker. Oh, no. like, Joker's an amazing I definitely player. think Joker I'm not got it eight. last year because Embiid missed. The, the amount of games that he missed. But I don't think Embiid's in that category this year. I think he's played enough where that conversation shouldn't even come. Like, you don't have to play 82. It's not an award of who plays the most. Now, if Embiid played 50 games, then, yeah, you know, we can understand how you would say that's not enough to get MVP. All no, right, listen, but he's man. played enough games to where we can just throw out how many games they've played and just go mano a mano, you know, to, to who deserves it. Listen, man, because both of them are having a better season than last year. So you can't go off that. You know what I mean? When we graduated eighth grade, I won an award for, like, being student of the year. I still got the award, by the way. That's either here nor there. Um, and I miss all kinds yeah, of days. I still got so my I, fifth grade spelling bee camp trophies. Yo, but but there were, <laughs> certain, there were certain kids that came to school every day. They, they would win awards for, like, not missing a day. Right. They ain't went through the new year, though. Cause it <laughs> Your grade like, point average is still better than theirs. When I'm here putting in work, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if, if I'm with your girl and I do my thing, but you with her 10 times, but all she do is think about me, like, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. The, the impact, never mind. The impact is, is made. The damage is done. That's like, right. That's but, okay. yeah, like I said, there's, there's, a, there's a threshold for that. Like, okay, you know, boy injured most of the season, like, like Anthony Davis, if he no. played, he played forty games this year. If he balled out, okay, Anthony Davis can't win MVP. He played played forty games, but I, but indeed, Embiid is not where he usually is. He's played the most games of his career. He's played enough that y'all could just shut that stuff down. And there were there were other circumstances this season because the most games he missed was due to COVID. There's nothing no, you could do about that. Team is like a seven seed, B. Like, when we going to start, and, and Joel scores more points, crap. like, there's nothing that he does better than Joel this year. Well, rebounds, assists, that's not true. <laughs> what's, happening, what's the rebound? They got to be very close. 13 boards. And what's Joel, like 12? Nah, he, well, he's 11 point something, and Boyle's 13 point something. So, I mean, he's always had better rebounding numbers than Joel. Joel, to me, he's one of those dudes who don't get the kind of rebounding numbers I would expect him to get. You would just think just because I mean, of how big he is. He's got to be double digits, like, though, right? No, no, he's 11 point something. Uh, Joel Embiid is 11 point something. So, I mean, me who's the better quick. defender? Well, that's definitely Embiid. But, but you know that that's a person? that's a whole that's a whole side of the ball that most people uh, uh, ignore, which is silly. Yeah, Joe averaging 30.4, 11.6 rebounds, and 4.2. Assists. Uh, All right. So what's that? That's eleven, twelve, and I mean that's thirty, twelve, and 
whatever it may be. 4.2, like, so we, we're not going to go up yeah, on 4. that 4.2, all right. So we, we, had, 30, we, had, we had 30, 12, and 4. Come on, man. Pretty much, yeah, 30, 12, and 4 versus uh, and better 20, defenders. 20, 27, 27, 14, and 8. <laughs> I mean, there ain't nothing to sneeze at, man. I really think either one of them. No, 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 no. His numbers is crazy. His numbers is crazy. Of course, and, I'm rooting And this is no disrespect. This is no no disrespect to the to the to the, to the pale gentleman. I'm just saying, like, it's a difference, though. Like, fact is, he's a better defender. His team is in a better position. So I mean, but and you know what? The what they're praising joke. Joker for they should be praising and be for the same thing, and they're talking about how you know he lost his second and third best players and been holding it down, leading it, you know, leading the squad by himself. Ben Simmons ain't played all year, and that was the same argument that people were giving Joel because Dude wasn't playing, and the Sixers were still where they were. Now he gets Harden for like twelve games. And his his level doesn't drop off. It doesn't really improve either. He's still busting people ass like he's been doing all season. So I don't think they should penalize him just because James Harden came. You know what I'm saying? Because this was the same. As a matter of fact, before Harden came, weren't the, the Sixers higher in the standings? Like they're number four now in the standings. So I don't think he should be punished because help came. He still had the season that he's having. So, so, so I don't know. Um, I really hope Joel wins it. It's it's difficult for me to think that they would give somebody like Joker the joint back-to-back, but he is having a better season than he did last year, even though you're not competing against your own seasons. You're competing against the other guys in the MVP race. So yeah. that, that's, that's, you know, I hate when people say that. Because even with Joel, they're they're like, they're comparing his numbers to Shaq's MVP season, and that's and that's why they're saying he should definitely get this. But I'm like, that doesn't really make sense either because, okay, you're not like Shaq had different circumstances. Those numbers were better than anybody else in the league that year. So you're not competing against just because your numbers are better than Shaq's. Like there's two or three people this year that would have challenged Shaq for that MVP with the numbers that they're putting up. So you're not going against Shaq's same league for MVP. Y'all got to compete against the people that you're competing against. So I, I still think, I think it's a three-man race. Like, no people have Giannis fatigue, but dude be quietly <laughs> putting in work himself. Dude is averaging pretty much 30, 12, and 6 himself. And they call him a defender. So, really, yeah. the argument could be more between those two because Joker doesn't give you the same thing on the other side of the ball as Embiid and, and Giannis. So, it's difficult, man. I just hope Embiid gets it. And, Doc, you out of line for voicing that. Even if that's your truth, you work for the squad. Like, you don't even have to lie. Just skate the question and say that you're rooting for the dude. Like, I hope Embiid gets it. They, they're not going to press you for an answer. You, Doc, say what you want. So Philly's mad at him right now. <laughs> what else happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Doc, you out of pocket, yo. You got you, you want to get some family, yo. You should lose your job. But anyway, um, yeah, Jimmy, ready to fire yeah, Magic, Magic has spoke out again against the winning time series. Like, 
you know, um, it seems like every week Magic got something to say about it. I guess because every week they got Magic, like, you know, eating ass or something crazy. So, like, you know, we're going to keep having a problem with it. You know what, though? And and you know this to be true. First of all, it's based off the book Showtime by Jeff Perlman, who, when that book came out, uh, he was on our show to talk about it and promote it. So shout out to Jeff Perlman. Um, I've read a lot of books on, on the Lakers. That's the crazy thing. I've never been a Lakers fan, but I've always found that franchise and just that story so interesting. That's yeah, the best Lakers book I've ever read, personally. And nobody yeah. at the time said that anything in it was inaccurate. They didn't say he was out of line. I just think when it's TV, Magic, and some other Lakers, because they, they're not speaking out now, but they, there were a few other guys that they said didn't really care for it when it was in the works because nobody came to them. Jim, you know what this is. All this is is they're going to tell the truth, and we don't get to control this narrative. There was a lot of debauchery yeah. going on with the 80s Lakers. And they're all in their 60s, 70s right now, married, you know, happily, living happily yeah. ever after. They, they all, just don't they want this stuff out. to be dredged <laughs> up because more people are going to watch it they on TV out. than they're going to read it in a book. So they just – right. Well, magic, magic, I think, is another part to this too. I don't think Magic getting a piece. You know what I mean? Magic about like yo. Oh yeah, he about that business. Little, 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 yeah, a little cut of this chicken. He might. Be and he has quiet. a documentary coming out, so it's good for him to yeah. be in the news, crapping on this to try to get you to watch his. Like, Magic knows. Yeah, Magic about that business. But I tell you one you thing: Magic keeps lying, talking about he's not watching. Man, if you ain't watching, you missing yeah, out. Man. The series, all that. <laughs> I think I think it's almost impossible. If someone say, yo, we're doing a, 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 a movie about Dev's life and you ain't got nothing to do with it, you're still going to watch. Hell yeah, I'm going to watch. And it could be from yeah, the worst producers, worst directors you've ever seen. It could be the the biggest B movie. Make it be a Z movie. It's about me. Hell yeah, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> like, come yeah. on, man. That boy is magic. Yeah. <laughs> Reem ain't liking it because they got Reem on there smoking Zaza. Reem out here acting crazy like... But but yo, the last episode was fire though. Fire, yeah, I, I love that. The bull, the bull and I thought it was too. limited, so I thought it was gonna be, I thought it was gonna be one, um, season. But you showed today that it showed me that it was picked up for a season two, which only means yeah. they're probably just gonna slow the story down now. Whatever they don't already have yeah. filmed. They're probably gonna slow it down. Like, all right, we can stretch this out a little more because I wonder if the whole season first we got a season two. That's what I'm saying. If it's not done, filmed like... already, they can go ahead and slow it down a little bit. But you know, it might yeah. be. It might be. But you know, in these uh, yo man, yeah, that that episode was fire. And shout out to the to the homie Asha from from HU playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's moms. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. I shouldn't realize she's like That's five fire, foot yeah. two, so ain't no no way in hell she playing Kareem's she mom. To a seven foot two, <laughs> right, right. But yeah. shout out to her for getting that yo, work. Get your get your this back. Next story, yo. I gotta read some more. I need some context for this because it just sounds foul. The headline I saw a couple headlines sounded foul, and I'm like, yo. <laughs> it says that a baseball legend Albert Pujols he filed to divorce his wife of 22 years just days after she had brain surgery. 
<laughs> it bees bees like that sometimes, man. <laughs> like it bees like that sometimes. Yo, like, Yo, have you ever watched the show Queens on Fox with uh uh with Eve Randy and, and all them? Randy and all them. Yo, I definitely got to catch up on that. I watched a couple minutes of it, but right. y'all, I think you and not, not a not a real not a real spoiler, but there was a a, a situation where Eve's husband she called him cheating, right? But then a couple mm-hmm. of days later, she found out he had cancer. Makes me mm-hmm. think of that. Like, okay, there may have been something that this woman did to do that made him really, okay, that really broke their bond. And it's like, yeah, okay, I love I you. I don't want you to die because you got, you know, a tumor in your brain. But is that going to make me stay married to you? Like, first of all, I don't like you. Yeah. You probably did something foul. And, like, you might not have your full capacity, like. She probably, up, she probably was, probably was given Sammy Sosa brain surgery. <laughs> she might have got a tumor from giving out too much brain. Never mind. Um, hey, so yo. no, it definitely sounds foul. And anything you read them, it really doesn't give you context. It just says that they've been married for 22 years. Um, he said, uh, "I realize this is not the most opportune time with opening day approaching and other family events that have re- recently taken place." He didn't even mention the surgery. That was, I guess, that falls into the other family events category. But he's talking about with opening day coming up. So who knows what they've been going through? Because I want to say, like, that you're a dirtball. But you really don't know what they went through before she found out she had a tumor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm glad she you might said have that. Did something real time, so I, didn't, I didn't even. I'm not going to pass that. I'm glad you said something. I'm glad you yeah. said that. Because it looked like uh, a dirtball headline, doesn't it? Like, damn. Yeah. yeah. She had brain surgery. You going to leave her? But you never know yeah, what she did. Yeah, that's kind of mm-hmm. Yo, man, you know the funny thing about like, uh, yo, Tobias. I just want you to know, I just saw, you, I just saw you cussing us out. Um, you know, oh, snap. Us just cussing us out. We about to get off yeah, the air Tobias after this. Cuss- you furious? Yo, Tobias cussing us out. Right. <laughs> yo, real quick, <laughs> well, the last thing I want to say. I'm about to say you might as well finish this, and then we go to Tobias before we leave. Yeah, I'm gonna finish this first. Uh, uh Lawrence Fishburne is um, playing Doc Rivers in FX's uh, The Sterling Affairs about Donald Sterling. Yo, the funny thing is, real quick. They don't give like stories a chance to breathe no more. They make like yo docu series no. like two days. Like it just happened. happened. It just happened. Like yeah, like, well, let's see how you know the franchise plays out. Let's make some more to the story. But since it is coming out, how do you think about that casting? Do you think Fishburne? Like, can you think of anybody else where you were like, he would be much better at Doc than Fishburne? Um, or do you think Fishburne got I'm a got huge it? Lawrence Fishburne fan. Lawrence yeah, Fishburne me too. Me too. Is like one Very of these where like I can't I can't pick nobody else because I just like I just mess with him like that. I was mm-hmm. watching a, um an interview with uh, Samuel Jackson, and he was talking about um actually like you know um earning your stripes playing Broadway when he came up in like the, like you know the 60s 70s. He said at that time people don't realize just who he said it was a bunch of them that hung together. He said it was him, Denzel, Fishburne, Wesley Snipes, basically all the top black actors like all were like mm-hmm. a, a part of like a crew. I was like, yo, that's a, that's the show I need. How about the show? Was all broke, sure about like, that. struggling. Right. And he was like, he said it was funny because like every year somebody would get picked up, like somebody would get called from L.A. and they'd be gone next year. And he was like, he had to wait the longest. But he yeah. was like, you know. Denzel, Denzel was out of here. Like once he got his one call, he was going. Like you know, but he said all of them, like hung together, and I thought that was you know, um, you know who I thought of was part of that crew too. 
Because I, I love yeah. Fishburne too, and I ain't, I'm not mad at anything he's cast in. He's going to have to do something with his deep-ass voice if he's going to play Doc, though. For some reason, I thought of Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> For some reason, no, I think he would be a decent yeah, that's Fishburne's son, though. Uh, huh? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, Trey. That's, that's his son. That's Trey. <laughs> Give me the fucking gun, Trey. Um, now, how many years ago was that? Because I actually looked it up, and I thought that Doc Rivers and, uh, and Lawrence Fishburne were within like three months of each other. They're, they're very close in age. But how many years ago was a sterling scandal at this point? Because that was with the Clippers. What was that, 2014 maybe? Okay. So that is, at this point, how long has that been kicking, Coach? It's the second year. Okay. So hold up, where did he go post? Like, how, I guess he stayed a couple of years after with the Clippers. Yeah, he, he stayed some years. Yeah, 2014. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's 2014, and you talking about we in 2022? That's about eight years. See, the pandemic messed everything up, yo. In terms of time. Yeah, because like, you lost like two years. Pandemic when you my, yo, Forgot what happened yo, in the world. Messed my time up with everything. Yeah, I feel like everything was like so long ago. It's because I lost two years. Anyway, but yeah, so yeah, might have been you know, man. Might have been 2015, as a matter of fact. All right. So, Yo, all um, the trash I'm yeah, talking, yeah, guess what? That's... We both going to be watching this junk. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't watch all this shit. But we got to, so we can talk trash about it. And shout out to Neil. She said Lance Yo. Armstrong broke up with Cheryl Crow while she was battling cancer, <laughs> which is crazy because do battle cancer as well. Um, and Scabby said they have like, capped a whole ass so far in that show. And I don't, and I don't, think, and I don't <laughs> think it's inaccurate. <laughs> I can imagine yeah, that's probably um, how Kareem from all, was. From all account, from all accounts, yeah. that's who he is. But he, yep. but the last episode kind of showed why though. Like it wasn't that he was just like that for no reason. Like right. you know, that's why I thought the last episode was pretty good because it gave a little context to why he acts the way he acts. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? It's a great show, man. Yeah, yo. Know, speaking of watching, that's one of the stuff, shows I watch. Like I watch it every Monday. Like there's a lot of stuff that yeah. might come out on a Sunday, and I don't get to it like, till Wednesday, time. Thursday. Or a couple of episodes build up. I want to be able to binge watch this, but I can't. I watch it every Monday. Yeah. Like, I gotta watch it. Yeah. <laughs> HBO drawn. Did you? I even stick Ultimate around Media? to watch the the Rick Fox show afterwards. Seen every last one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. Did you uh, did you start the Ultimatum yet? I I watched like three minutes of it, and then I felt guilty. Like well, I know she's gonna talk about gotcha. this because our chat. Is gonna to want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna at least give her a chance, and if, if if we don't get into it by this weekend, then I'm on my own. Got like you, got you, got you. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, All right, let's we'll, go to the phone line and and get Tobias before we roll out. Put <laughs> up Tobias, roll damn tide. Man, I tell you, it was, it was a light skinned front running friend. Y'all were taking this call earlier. Uh, hey, this gentlemen. was just a ploy for us to get you to listen to the whole episode. Yeah, I'll be at work. You know that, man. First thing first, we know you like to hang up after you after you get your starring role. You like to hang up, so you know we. Yeah, man, I got things to do, man. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm talking about the championship game right earlier. He got he got meals to cook. Listen to young people. That that love guy, son. You don't have to take a logo three with 15 seconds left on the clock. Your name ain't Steph Curry, son. in 2022, you do. That's the only yeah. option. <laughs> I was like, son, give it to your big man. Uh, but y'all talk about the Lakers, right? I think part of that issue 
is how the NBA handled trades. Where they're so scared of teams getting got on trade, they're gonna make it seventy five percent. I mean, let's say they trade Westbrook. They gotta take bad contracts anyway. And uh I just think that they, like look at the NFL, right? They think the Falcons traded Matt Ryan for draft picks. They ate the cap hit for years and they will eat this year and we'll go ahead and rebuild the team. But I know it's different in basketball because you got a ping pong lottery. But I just think part of the issue is they are they make it so hard to trade where you gotta take on these bad contracts. Instead of seventy five percent, make it fifty, you know? Instead of like just making it so hard because the same teams who sucked twenty years ago suck now. When the last time the Kings been good? You know, uh, the Lando Magic. These teams been a lottery forever, and they still suck. So at least make it like a team like the Lakers. You get you get off that Westbrook, and you could probably start to take back every bad contract. Instead of taking back John Wall, maybe take somebody that makes half the money, or two people that make half the money. And I just think that's one issue that uh, people don't talk about. Right. And uh, and one thing y'all talk about like contenders. Can we can we change the Brooklyn Nets name to the Brooklyn Ifs? Because every time we talk about if they form up, if they're healthy, if they all play together, bruh. Well, <laughs> every time we talk about <laughs> we've been doing ifs. I don't know. I don't know who waited longer to play together or Will Smith wait for his daddy Lou to come back. I don't know who's been waiting longer, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> It's crazy because I thought ESPN had this story. Like, I think it was on the jump. Are, there, are we giving the Milwaukee Bucks enough respect? Well, how about you stop talking about the damn team that's out of the playoffs and the Lakers? Talk about the good team. Y'all the ones not respecting them. It's just crazy how, like, they don't talk about the good team. And we knew the Lakers sucked six months ago. Why <laughs> we just talking about them? You know? Good, team, good and, team's boring, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> It is because Phoenix is having an all-time regular season. Nobody, well, you know, they all right. Milwaukee coming back around, they all right. You know, we're going to talk about the same thing with the Lakers. They're stuck. Westbrook's going to opt in. Nobody's going to trade for who's smart and take on that money. Because if you got a guy who holds the ball who's a point guard, you can't bring in Westbrook. I'm not knocking Russ. People want to blame Russell Westbrook. He's always been this way. Why are you bringing in a point guard to play with LeBron? LeBron is the point guard. <laughs> you know, the GM's fault. You know this. Uh, and, and, like, y'all talking about you got Embiid, MVP. Y'all say Jokic was seventh? Look, can we, can we put some premium on winning here for once? Uh, I know Jokic put a great analytic stat, but his team is seventh. Yeah, Jamal Murray's out, but when the last – Y'all, they act like he's Kobe. Michael Porter Jr. is a tall spot-up shooter. That's all he is for a bad back. It ain't that fault. It ain't his I look at that both ways, though. Like, when you say put a premium on winning, because it used to be a thing where they would just give it to the best player on the team with the best record, and I never thought that was fair either. Because most of the time, when you got the best record, your whole team is nice. It doesn't mean you're the most valuable. So sometimes – you know what I'm saying? Sometimes the most valuable player, like you take Embiid and Joker off of both of those teams, and those teams are probably in the lottery. So I, I don't yeah. necessarily care where they finish, but, but especially when they're – You missed one thing that helps Embiid, Dev. 
Joel Embiid plays for the worst coach. Yeah. <laughs> the worst coach. <laughs> <laughs> when guy who's had time adjustments get stopped, make hey, shots. And, and we all agree on that too. But I guess a lot, a lot of the voters, <laughs> a lot of the voters think he top fifteen because ain't they the ones who voted he top fifteen? <laughs> so that's back, that might like, backfire on Embiid as well. <laughs> hey, hey, Toronto's coach is like, what the hell? Uh, you know. But I know y'all talked about the Eagles trade and. Like I know Eagles fan are cool with. And he's one of the, he's that QB wins guy. Jalen Hurts got us to the playoffs. I'm like, bro, it was a 17. The Saints was down their fourth quarterback. They wouldn't get in. And and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on sidelines, and your quarterback can't read the defense. Uh, they are gearing up to move up for a quarterback of the QB risk draft. And uh, you know, people don't want to admit that because look. Even in Alabama, people love Jalen Hurts. They kept saying, well, he was the two. But I was like, but he went 13 for 33 against Clemson. How the hell did he go 13 for 33? What <laughs> happened? <laughs> you know? And he almost won anyway. And so, and you, to me, if a quarterback. Oh, yeah, no, I was saying, kind of means you can't throw. And six is on fire yeah, right it, now, Skyview, if you're watching. Yeah, Max is turning into a three-point shooter. If the first thing you mention a quarterback in his win-loss record, he ain't that good. I just be honest about that. Uh, uh, we just got to be honest about that. And I just think that people got to come to grips. Sometimes you make the playoffs from your QB and all that. But you can't keep around to get a better option. And my last thing is, guys, I hope Jimmy's sitting down on this one. There are Bulls fans saying, and y'all, y'all back to the opinion of somebody on it. There are Bulls fans saying, it's your opinion back to Max. And I always say, well, who's going to get there? Who's going to get 25 a night? Well, uh, we get, no, he can't get this guy. <laughs> you know, hmm. he's a, he, he, he got burned rights, too. It, it's like these fans. We can make everything, everything easy to the fans. You could just go out here and say, we're trading Max. Max Zach. And then, you know, you get who you want. That's how easy people yeah. think it is, man. That's why everybody's always complaining about their GMs as if their GMs not trying. Why didn't we get this person? Maybe they tried and they said no. <laughs> I just want to let you and Jimmy know that uh, two minutes, three minutes, almost like three minutes into the game, the Sixers already have a double-figure lead. So, you know, they probably lose that away. by halftime. We know, oh, we, 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 know, we know how this plays out. We yeah. know how this plays out. They're going to lose that by halftime. Whether they win or lose the game. They definitely gonna hey. lose this lead. There was a guy in that group that said, "Should we trade Zach with Trey Young? Why the hell would the Hawks give up Trey Young? These people are stupid." But hey, I just want hey, you guys have a good one, man, and, and you guys get it, man. Hey, Jimmy, All right, man. stay away from the old man barbershop. Talking about sixteen years old, too old, now he's old head. So if we need old man. Hey, y'all right, get it, man. man. All right, so before we roll out, man, just want to let y'all know what happened this date in sports history, which is brought to you by Sports the Book, written by War Room's own Jimmy the Blueprint. Make sure you get your copy. You can get that at warroomsports.com or sportsthebook.com. Six was up 15 to two, yo. Um, It'll be tied by halftime. It'll be tied by halftime. Wait for it. Wait for it. Make sure y'all get that. Look, April 7th, 1943. Helmets are made mandatory for all NFL players, and a 10-game schedule 
was approved for all teams. Yeah, I didn't know, even when they were wearing, like, leather caps as helmets, I didn't know that there was a time where helmets weren't mandatory. I don't remember seeing pictures where some dudes had on helmets and some didn't. So now I'm going to have to go back and look at old pictures. Like, they had to really mandate that helmet. Yo, that's crazy. Can you imagine? Yeah, I've seen that footage. I mean, you ain't going to keep the main. Never a Couldn't nobody play. Yeah. And I hope they damn sure wouldn't leave them with their heads. But uh, we're going to give that moment in history a, a, a war room salute. And we're happy it happened because it would be a whole lot more, like, retarded people walking around in the world. Oh, we can't say that word no more. I'm sorry. Um, hey, yo. <laughs> but that's what happened this week while y'all were on the grind. Let's get up out of here, man. Yes, sir. And listen, thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, for another evening inside the war room. We appreciate all of your support. Please enjoy your week. You know, we will be back here next week, so make sure you pull up and, uh, you know, pull up a chair. Um, go to our website, which is warroomsports.com. Everything we do could be found at the hub of warroomsports.com. That includes all of our content, social media, um, just pretty much everything that we do and everything about our network. So go to warroomsports.com. You can also get my book, Sports the Book, at warroomsports.com. But as we always say, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. Yo, and keep our wise names out your fucking mouth. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.